0: Hello and welcome to the Flint Catholic Podcast. I'm Father Tony Smila. And I'm Michael Hasso. And today we've got uh, questions from eighth graders. So I really like this. I teach at St. John Vianney Catholic School in Flint, and I oftentimes open it up to just an ask me anything. And the questions that they throw at me are fantastic. In fact, I've done this throughout my entire priesthood. Wherever I'm at, I'll just walk into a classroom and just say, all right, hit me, ask me anything. I think one of my favorite stories of that was uh, the best question I ever got was from a third grader. And this little kid, he uh, he looks at me and he's raises his hand and he's got this big smile on his face. And for me, with some experience with this and really with some experience being kind of a snot nosed kid, um, I know that look. And I know he's about to ask me something that he's very proud of. And he thinks it's a got gotcha question. So I call on him and he says, what is life? What is life? And the religious sister, who was the actual teacher in the classroom at the time, she just looks at me and goes, "That is all yours. Go <laughs> ahead and take it." And so I did. I loved it. Um, basically, it was you know to love, know, and serve God. Right? That's what life is about. And the kid's like, "Whoa!" He actually had an answer for that, and it and the answer wasn't 42. Yeah. So, um, so we've got we've gathered some questions from some eighth graders today, and uh, and we're going to try and answer as many as we can. So yeah.
1: So let's take it away. Yeah. So first, is God a giant or is
0: he normal size? Ooh, good question. Is God a giant or is he normal size? So it depends on what you mean by giant, normal sized, size at all, right? So Jesus was normal sized, I think, right? He probably was a little shorter than most of us because um, people back then were shorter than, than we are now. So Jesus with a body, um, he's about our size. I think he's normal sized, but God himself. God himself has, has no physical body. God sits outside of space and outside of time. He has no physical body. And so, you know, we could say he's everywhere at the same time. He's in all places. But most importantly, you know, he's within us now, right? Now that the Holy Spirit has taken hold of our hearts, he's within us. And so we could even say in a sense that now God's even smaller than us because he's within us. He resides within us. Um, but he resides within me. He resides within you, and and all everyone who's listening, he resides in all of us. And so, I'd say the answer is yes, and yes. Is he a giant? Yes. Is he normal sized? Yes. He's all of the above.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I, that's exactly what I was gonna say too. It's like, you know, it it really depends on how you're how you're thinking of God. It's like when we talk about Jesus, it's like he has two natures in one person, and they're united together. Um, you know, in, in theology language, we call that the hypostatic union Ooh, and
0: it's a good word. That's a good word. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a really cool r- word. You can definitely impress some people at, at, um, you know, your Catholic parties or whatever, yes. I guess.
0: Cause that's really important to do. Make yeah. sure we, we have those words in our back pocket.
1: It really is. <laughs> um, and so it's like when you have these two natures, it's like, yes, God, like, like you said, Father Tony, God has this infinite nature where it's like you can't really put a size to it at all but then when you look at the human nature um in the person of jesus then yeah he's very much normal size very much like you and i
0: that's right so next up hit me
1: can we live without religion oh
0: gosh these kids have such great questions. Can we live yeah. without religion? So we oftentimes see it in our culture today, right? I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. And I think that's actually just not true. Um, sure, people can be spiritual, um, but I don't think we can't be. We are made to be religious. We were yeah. made for serving somebody. So everybody has to serve something or someone. Everybody has to serve something or someone. So religion really is, who are we serving? That's the question that religion asks. Who or what are we serving? And all of us have to serve somebody or someone. So what are we serving, right? Obviously, we want to serve God. And so that becomes the focal point of our religion. Am I serving God? But not everybody serves God. Sometimes we serve sports. Sometimes we serve money. Sometimes we serve, uh, perhaps, video games sometimes
1: l- we serve ourselves oh too.
0: absolutely and especially I think with a lot of those things right money video games that's a that's an outlet to just serve ourselves
1: yeah definitely
0: so, so are we serving God or are we serving ourselves um, so in that sense no we can't live without religion because our nature is so ordered towards religion towards serving somebody or something that we're gonna end up one way or another serving someone or something no matter. Even if we think that we're not, we totally are. So let's let's make that thing God. Like let's yeah. make that thing the best thing ever. The 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 one thing that really wants our fulfillment and happiness. Let's serve Him, and and let let that be um, our fulfillment in that way.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I guess also what I would add to that as well is like it really it really does revolve around that word serving. And I think one of the one of the distinctions when people ask this question of like why do we need religion part of it comes from a misunderstanding of what it means to serve it's like do you see god as the taskmaster or do you see it you know out of this loving service a good a good father who wants good for you and so you willingly serve him
0: yeah, that's, that's a really, really good point, because why would we serve God if God doesn't want our best interests at heart, right? Um, why would we serve God if if it doesn't eventually lead to fulfillment and happiness? Because that's something we all are striving toward, whether we know it or not. We're all striving towards happiness, trying to fulfill that, that happiness in our own hearts. And if we don't believe God will lead us to happiness and fulfillment, then we're, we wouldn't willingly serve him. And so yeah. to understand that that's what God wants for us, that makes it easier to just say I'll give it all to you just like you gave it all to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and also that's like that's so important to remember too when you're talking to somebody whether it's a friend who's fallen away from the faith or or whatever, when you hear somebody saying things like I'm spiritual but not religious, what they're really rebelling against is this false idea of God. And so often it it really has very little to do with intellectual arguments, not that those aren't important, like we You know, we need to be able to answer those and and lead people through those difficulties intellectually. But really at the heart of it is who is God and who who am I serving? What sort of God is this? Yeah.
0: Yep. And and that's why. So I think, too, when we hear that that phrase, it's, well, I don't like the institution of the church. I don't like, you know, the the, the different rules that have been set up around that and in a sense that's fair right cuz i'm not here to serve the bishops i'm not here to to serve other priests i'm here to serve jesus christ and certainly there's there's a fallen nature in, in all of us and the churches and the in the institution in the hierarchy has certainly failed at times yeah. and that's and that's difficult and I and i totally understand that um but the church isn't here to to serve the bishops and the hierarchy church is here to serve jesus christ and that's who i'm going to serve
1: yep amen So on to question number three. Do you think heaven is beautiful? Ah,
0: Yes, so good. Do I think heaven is beautiful? So I guess we should start with the nature of heaven, right? What is the nature of heaven? And I really kind of start with us, right? Our bodies and our souls at death are separated, but that's not meant to be like that forever. And, and we we kind of sense that, too, right? That's why funerals are, are sad. There's a mourning in that because oh, this isn't really the way it's meant to be. Souls and bodies separated. Oftentimes in the movies we see, we can see, you know, heaven as depicted as, you know, angels on the clouds with harps. <laughs> and if that's what heaven is, I mean, sure, sure, it looks good, but it seems kind of boring, right? Yeah. You know, is there going to be like electric guitars in heaven? D- do we have to play the harp? <laughs> <laughs> But what is the nature of heaven, right? So all right, So, at, at um, the moment of our death, our souls and our bodies are separated, but that's not meant to be forever. So St. Paul in the letter to Philippians says, uh, But our commonwealth is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will change our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power which enables him even to subject all things to himself. So at the end of time... Our bodies will be restored to us, will be returned, that that body and soul that is, were separated to death will be reunited. And it's not going to be this broken body. It's not going to be, you know, I've had surgery on my ankle and I probably need another surgery on my ankle and it kind of stinks. Um, but my ankle is going to be perfected again. You know, this, uh, this quarantine 15 that I think a lot of us have put on probably probably won't be there right yeah hopefully (laughs) hopefully
1: i'm I'm sure there's a lot of people banking on that right now (laughs) man i'm banking
0: on that one so our bodies will be perfected as well and won't be subject to the sin um and and the consequence of the sin um, which is decay and death our bodies won't be subject to that so that's the start right what our bodies are going to be like um but then what is heaven itself going to be like and in multiple occasions we see it um described as like a wedding feast. And Jesus in, uh, Matthew 22 talks about it. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a marriage feast for his son. In the book of Revelation, we see the, the heavenly Jerusalem described and the heavenly Jerusalem, of course, the new Jerusalem is the recreated heavens and the earth. And there, and you see the, see John trying to describe what, what it's like. And he's struggling because They just don't have the words for how beautiful it is. So he's talking about gold and glass and, and pearls and all of these beautiful things. And he's like, it's like all of this, but it's even more. He doesn't even have the words for how incredibly beautiful heaven is. And so in the end, I think, yes, the answer is heaven is beautiful. Can I describe it? No, because it's so beyond our understanding. Any concept that we could have, of what heaven is like is so limited and so lacking. All we know is what's here. And that's a, a world that's been broken by sin, a world that, that suffers under the, the weight of that, that sin. And God is going to, at the end of time, recreate the heavens and the earth. And, and we look forward to that. It's going to be great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think an important thing too is like when you look at some of these passages, like what Father Tony just mentioned, it's like, it's important to... Um, I guess understand how how the writers of scripture really wrote and related to what they were writing because it's like for them you know think I guess think of this from their perspective of like you're trying to describe a supernatural reality that you experienced maybe like in John's case in Revelation of like you know this vision that he was seeing how do you how do you express this in words and I think for them often the closest they can get are some of these analogies that you know you might be reading this and you're like a little confused and it partly it's because like can words really describe an infinite god an infinite reality you know right
0: even on like a uh, a human level I, I always try and use this example so take someone take john and bring him to 2020 and drop him in well i guess not 2020 2019 and put him at a rock concert and say and without any context without anything say describe what you're looking at. Yeah. And he'd be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like how do you even describe like the monitors, the screens, the the pyrotechnics, all the lights and the sound? Yeah. He would have no concept and ability to describe that. And I think you're yeah. you're seeing a lot of that same thing. And and so take us and try and describe heaven. You're you're asking the same task out of us and I don't think we can.
1: Yeah. Yeah, our our words can only go so far. I mean they you know, we definitely can start approaching these realities, but you know, we can't exhaust
0: them. Right. You know. So So um, that takes us kind of to the end of this segment. But what I want to encourage you is if you have your own questions like this, uh, feel free to send them in. If you go to Flint or to anchor.fm slash Flint Catholic slash message slash message um, that'll get you to a place where you can send in a, a voicemail with your question on it. Um, even if you just go to the main page, uh, Flint Catholic or no anchor.fm slash Flint Catholic, there's a button under there that will say message and you can ask your question there and, uh, and we'll probably end up posting that, uh, that message and then answering it afterwards. So please feel free to throw your questions at us. Uh, ask me anything. Um, if you ask me what life is, I'll probably answer that too and give you a fuller answer to what life is, but any question you have at all, feel free to throw it at us. Um, and we'll, we'll take it from there.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. See you guys next time. So we have some announcements for you guys. First, launch College Ministry. Um, This is a ministry that I run. Um, In addition to being the director of evangelization, I'm also the campus minister. Um, I serve all of the colleges in the city of Flint. Um, But this group is also open to all college-age students. Um, We meet at Dorothy's House of Coffee on Tuesday nights at 630. Um, You guys can connect with us on Facebook. Just search Launch College Ministry and you'll find us. Um, And you can also contact me directly, um, either through Facebook or through email, michaelhasso at flintcatholic.org.
0: And keep your ears open for Dorothy's going in the future. So there's some changes happening at the moment. Um, So keep your ears open for Dorothy's House of Coffee. The Catholic Community of Flint is hosting a monthly Holy Hour to Pray for Flint. These are on the second Mondays of each month, so the next one will be on October 12th at the St. Matthew's location. I believe that starts at 6.30. I didn't write that down, but I believe that's at 6.30. Holy Hour to Pray for Flint.
1: And finally, religious education is starting up in parishes all over the county. Doing a quick search on most parish websites, we are in a registration period, so be sure to sign up for Religious Ed.
0: Our interview today is with Tim Goodrich. He's the owner of Satorial Shoes in downtown Flint. You can find him at satorial.com. Today we have just a small portion of that interview, about 10 minutes worth. The full interview will be released on Saturday at 8 a.m. And so without further ado, here is the portion of the interview.
1: Tim, you mentioned in your uh, in your journey to ultimately the Catholic Church now, you yep. um, you had mentioned that for a time you worked in ministry. Yeah. And I think for anyone that in this area that knows you and knows some of the things you're involved in, it might seem almost like you're, um, you know, working into a, I guess a much more active, uh, ministry role. Not necessarily paid in this case, but, but definitely active in the community. Right. Um, could you tell us about some of those things that you're involved with? So, from a ministry perspective.
2: Um, and I it's, it, it's it, it, in some way it kind of feels like they all they're sort of connected maybe it's just because I'm personally doing them but they still it's hard for me to neatly delineate them but um, one of those would be uh, I'm part of I live with a with a, um, a few other guys younger Catholic guys and I'm not including myself in the word younger by the way I'm 44 <laughs> And so I'm the oldest by far. And so, in some ways, that seems a little bit weird. And um, believe it or not, I'm still like open to the idea of eventually getting married to that family. But at, I'm like, it, it seems clear to me that God intention at least for this period of my life, God still has intentionally has me there. And He's spoken to me in different ways about that. And so, um, the men's house is. Like I said, it's a group of you know a handful of younger Catholic guys, and since I've been part of it for the last couple of years, it's been relatively um, loose in the sense of uh, like not necessarily tightly run, and so um, so in some sense you might just say it's it's a group of guys that are seeking to live the Catholic life together and praying together when possible. And we're kind of in a phase right now, though, where we're trying to tighten that up. And God, it, seem, it seems as though God has been speaking to us about some things that he wants to come into place, one of which seemingly is getting into a new house, uh, bringing in some more members to the men's house, and sort of um, being a bit more intentional about the way we operate to our lives together, prayer together, family uh, family community and, and meals and so forth to the extent possible so um so that would be one just uh, the this this men's house we call it the archangel house and uh, actually it was I think it was started maybe 10 years ago or something by Nick Pobos. I think Nick Pobosic was the, the starter of that so that that would be one and then another one would be um a mentoring thing for young, young boys that is now including young girls. About a year ago, um, and I, is it okay if I just give a little bit of context? Because it's hard for me to say any of these things without saying that. For the last, um, well, the prophetic dreams seem to have, with, for the last couple of years, as weird as that might sound to some people, like some, there's some been some very very clear ways that God has spoken to me, particularly in dreams, and it's it's just become clear to me that those have been borne out in, in many kind of freaky like literal ways, and so though it's it's not my primary motive, just there's a there's a process of discernment. A lot of at least the initial ways that that things come into my purview is through through dreams. Okay. So I realized for a lot of people that that's kind of sounds weird or flaky or whatever. And if that's, that's fine. But it's hard for me to talk about these things with at some point talking about like, I wasn't really thinking about this. And all of a sudden, God spoke to me through some dreams. So anyway, so with, with, with the, the mentoring thing, I just started having like a lot of dreams about that were, um, that involved like, this idea of mentoring younger boys and so I was already slightly connected with some stuff on, uh, at St. Mary's the east side uh, and which is sort of the those not familiar, it's kind of the main parish in this area that deals with kind of ministry to almost like an inner city type of setting and so um, and I, they wouldn't stop and so I for it seemed like an unideal time uh, for to, to start that up. And so I just started like eventually I, I just realized like, okay, let, let me back up. It's not as though that like th- that has no context. That that's part of what I did at the, the church that I used to work at, mm-hmm. the Baptist church. And it's in that in that realm of ministry, it is something that that kind of tugs a heartstring with me but certainly timing wise it just didn't I knew at some point something like that might come back around but it just the the timing didn't seem ideal but it got to the point where I was like okay okay God I'll I'll start moving on this and uh, so we did it and it was just like me and a couple of roommates and we started like taking these like two families two different groups of brothers uh, out every other week and it seemed rather insignificant and uh, we just kind of take them out and do fun stuff with them maybe spend 15 minutes reading a Bible story or something like that we'll grab something to eat and, but it's mostly just having fun with these boys and um, so and we just we're, we just tried to be faithful with that for the last year again it didn't feel like we were being we're, we're changing the world or anything like that and um, and then this last year that or this last year just within the last like month or so I had this other dream where in the, uh, in, the, in the dream, I was talking to somebody that I know about this ministry. And I somehow had the, the sudden conviction in the dream that I was supposed to start telling everybody I know about this ministry to recruit them for mentoring. And, uh, and it just I, 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 I might've even started crying or something in the dream. And so I, I knew that I was supposed to, um, that I just felt like very poignant and very like, oh, God's speaking to me through this, I think. And that ended up, without going into all the details or I don't want to bore you guys, but just that got confirmed in a few other ways over the next few weeks. And I was just waiting, like, God, just if you want to confirm this. And it, it, the, it ended up just sort of falling into my lap. Like that was something that the sisters that, that work over at the East Side. They just, um, they, they got in touch with me and they were like, Hey, we want to expand this ministry that you guys are doing. And so for the last few weeks, um, sister Rachel, Benjamin, and I have been kind of cooking up a way to recruit more mentors and include girls in it so that girls can get mentored. So, um, so that's something that we're at. It's ongoing. We're sort of recruiting, um, people to be mentors for these kids. Um, and then what else, um, the Ark is sort of it's kind of a long story, but it was kind of born. I to maybe condense it. It was born out of something that it's seemingly a vision of uh, Father James Mangan when he was here, and um, when he, when he was about to leave. Um, to some degree, I kind of got involved in, in in part of the leadership of it, and again, this was another thing where it, f- it felt to me like it was it was like almost more of an issue of obedience rather than anything. I felt like the Lord really putting this on my heart, and it just and it's uh, essentially a way. It's almost like a ministry. Coll- the way I think of it is almost like a ministry collective, uh, kind of a worship and ministry collective in Flint of people that are connected to Flint. Uh, Catholics and even non-Catholics, but for for mostly mostly Catholics, and it's kind of a ministry collective of people that are involved in different ways of doing ministry in the city, and um, and coming together for uh, uh, just a handful of things like a night of worship, uh, a night of just fellowship together, eating and so eating together and so forth, and when several of us that were part of that. Once the Encounter School of Ministry came kind of into the picture, when some of us, were, a lot of us were uh, going to that, that whole, the, the sort of philosophy, theology, ministry experience and practice and so forth, that sort of began to soak into what we were doing so that that was, that has become like a large part of it.
0: And to let people know who may not be familiar with yep. the Encounter School, that's the school started by Father Matthias Salen uh, at St. Patrick's in Brighton. Yep. And uh, can you tell us just a little bit about that, maybe a minute or so?
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's something where it, it was started in Columbus. They moved up to uh, um, Ann Arbor area in Brighton. And it was a couple of years ago that they moved up here through, a whole again, a whole bunch of God stuff uh, orchestrating them coming up to here. And from my angle, it was, I'd been praying at the beginning of, I believe, 2018, it was. I, was, I started to pray that God would um, bring somebody into my life that would be able to, to some degree, like mentor me in the, the things of the Holy Spirit, hearing from God, praying for healing and so forth. And later in the year, I found out about this school that was coming and I looked it up and I was like, whoa, it just seemed like such an amazing opportunity.